The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate. Or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent, Family and Community Health. And today I have Kelly Locke with me, and she is a mental health specialist with Conroe ISD. And so we're going to talk a lot about dealing with dilemmas because lots of people are dealing with dilemmas right now. So here we are in the uh, kind of the middle of the summer or near the end of the summer, I guess. And um, school's about to start up again, but it's, it's going to be a little different than it's been before um, and you know there's lots of lots of adjectives that we could use to describe what it's like so um, unprecedented <laughs> unusual um, all kinds of things but it does create some dilemmas for for families and so we're really excited to have Kelly here with us today so um, Kelly let's go ahead and start out you introduce yourself sure Amy I'm excited to be here yeah so my name is Kelly Locke like Amy said and I am the LPC mental health specialist for Connor ISD so um, anything to do with mental health <laughs> that's what I work with but I do a lot of trainings for parents teachers students on mental health um, you know ways that we can work to strengthen ourselves and strengthen you know our resiliency and kind of um, just build to a better community and a better society yeah so let me uh, back up just a second so uh, of course this is extension hour and one of the things that we do in extension a lot is we use a lot of acronyms uh, yes, and um, we do an education too <laughs> yeah so we just throw them out and we think oh people know what that means but you said an LPC mm-hmm. so let's talk a little bit about that what does that what does that really mean sure that means a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas so some people call them therapists um, some people say you know if it was to find someone in private practice their counselor that's what it would be okay mm-hmm. and then in the school system in a school system, you have school counselors, which they have a master's degree in counseling um, and a school counseling certification. And then some of us have the private practice, the LPC, and we have about 12 in Connor ISD that have that LPC along with school counselors. Okay. And then you work at the administration office. I as... do. I do. Yeah. We are a small but mighty team. Yeah. It's myself and our coordinator of guidance and counseling, Denise Cipolla. Um, and then we have two crisis intervention specialist Janice Lovelace and um, Manuel Texador and then a college readiness specialist Laura Mm -hmm. Willard so um, yep 
we handle all kinds of things throughout the yeah. district. <laughs> and you guys work with the counselors in the schools as we well, do. so at each campus. Yes, so we are, we just added, and I believe we are 158 strong for next year yeah. um, with the campus counselors. So we are so lucky in Conroe. Um, our school board and our upper administration support counselors. They believe in counseling and mental health um, for our students, and so they every year they look to add more. How can we add more counselors to campuses? Um, and so that's how we keep growing. Yeah. So speaking of counselors, I just wanted to say a shout out to Ashley Wright, who's over yes. at Bradley uh, campus. So about to have a baby yes. any minute. <laughs> but, um, she, um, so, uh, so I met you and mm -hmm. Ashley both with the um, Behavioral Health and Suicide Prevention Task Force. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. And then also we're going to do another show sure. a little bit later about that as well. But um, so Ashley was saying how she's um, trying her best to reach parents. And sometimes it's difficult for parents to, um, well, first of all, just time schedules. So like to get them to come to um, something at the school, even even when they're really, really interested. It's, it, it's just parents are busy. So there's lots. Um, it's difficult. And then. And when you're talking about some things such as mental health um, and other topics, it's a uh, sometimes parents either don't know how to ask for help or there's there's kind of a stigma that sure. can come along with it yeah. where people don't want to say that they need help. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so she started a podcast. So she has a YouTube channel and um, does a podcast and it's called Get Right with Mrs. Right. <laughs> She's perfect name for that. Yes. And she's so, so fun, so energetic. Um, anyway, so she had been doing that for a little bit. And then um, I, uh, so another a person that I just love at Bradley Elementary Campus is Coach Orlando. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I had met her at some other, when she worked at other campuses uh, in Conroe ISD too. So I, what I do with Coach Orlando for her PE classes is a presentation that helps teach kids about nutrition. Mm -hmm. So we call it Chef Plate. And um, we teach about my plate. That's why it's called Chef Plate. <laughs> I get it. And, um, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah. Um, so in Chef Plate is um, a character. She's like my alter ego. And she's like a cross between a rodeo clown and Rainbow Bright. So. I still need to see a picture of this. <laughs> I, I, so they're on, they're on our Facebook page, Healthy Living in Montgomery yeah. County. So um, there are some on there. But anyway, so um, dress up, bright colors, crazy hair. And I come out and I chop some vegetables. And we make a healthy pizza. Um, but anyway, it's just kind of teaching the parts of my plate. So. So I was there doing one of those presentations for Coach Orlando mm -hmm. and um, then tagged on to one of Mrs. Wright's Get Right with Mrs. Wright podcast. And um, also my coworker was with me, Becky Smith, who um, was an assistant county extension agent at the time. And um, so the two of us did one of the podcasts with Ashley. And then um, I submitted that as an award application with the Texas Extension Association of Family and Consumer Sciences. And so we're having our state meeting next week and we will be recognized. So it was a first place state Yay. winning podcast, which is really exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. yeah. Ashley's doing some amazing things. She's a forward thinker. I've been a guest on Get yeah. Right with Miss yeah. Wright, um, talking about some parenting things. And she really looks to meet parents where they are, whether it's busy schedules, whether it's you know, can I come in and talk about these things? Mm -hmm. um, you know, she really looks at how, how do we make people comfortable and um, getting the information they need, but um, doing it where they're comfortable. So, yeah. Right. And, and that's a lot of what you do as well as yeah. a mental health specialist. And then, as I mentioned, part of the Behavioral Health and Suicide Prevention Task Force. Um, 
is is just kind of helping people with with mental health. Yeah. So a lot of what I do is trying to normalize mental health because mental health is just the health of your brain and your thoughts. And, um, you know, I love it because one of my specialties is anxiety. Another one's trauma, but anxiety has been it. And the reality is every single person has anxiety, Mm -hmm. but people will say, Oh, I don't have anxiety. I have stress. Uh, I'm like, well, one leads to the other. It's the physical reaction. So it's educating people where they go, Oh, so it's not that we need a diagnosis or, you know, to go down that path. It's just every person deals with this. And we're going to have varying degrees of it different times in our life. Right now, you said it's unprecedented. It's stressful. Right. Anxiety's high right now. Other times, anxiety's going to be low. And it's just kind of this wave, you know, that we go through. And what causes anxiety for me isn't going to cause anxiety for you. And so you might say, that's not that big a deal. Get mm. over it. And, <laughs> and that's not I don't know when that's ever but, helped yeah. a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they, someone says it's not that big a deal, when you're really feeling that it is a big mm-hmm. deal, um, you know, or just let it go. And it's like, but this is deep and meaningful for me. So everyone has different meanings and different things that are deep for them. And we just need to recognize that. Even if I'm not on your journey and I don't understand what's causing anxiety for you, I can still relate and say, oh, yeah, I know how that feels. You know, have some empathy and say, I felt that yesterday. And when people say that, um, it's breaking down this whole perfectionism. Mm -hmm. You know, social media says we got to put our, you know, perfections out there and don't put a bad picture. Perfect life. Yeah, I know. Everything's wonderful. I've got beautiful children. I've got a beautiful home. I know. But it's not the reality behind it. Mm. And so when, when you can say, hey, I sometimes I struggle too, you know, and for me, like people laugh, but running late will send me in a tizzy like that Mm -hmm. kicks up my anxiety. I don't know why. (laughs) It's just who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know it's going to be okay. So sometimes I have to talk myself down, but other people just say, it's not that big a deal, but it is for me. And so just being able to say what causes that stress for me and that anxiety for me may not be the same for you, but I get it. I've walked down that path you know Mm -hmm. um so I think that's just where we need to be with people instead of taking our own experience and judging theirs and everybody should on each other you know (laughs) like every time I say that I know I say stop shooting on people and and when I say it in a training full you know teachers or parents they all look at me like does she just say an inappropriate (laughs) word I'm like no but that's the thing if we've got to stop doing it to ourselves Mm -hmm. I should do this I should and we've got to stop doing it to other people. They should have, you know, mm-hmm. stopped for me at that stop sign. They, we don't know what they're going through, you know. So if we just extend a little more grace and stop putting our expectations, I think it would just kind of help the world in general, but really help each other's mental health. Sure. And that's that's true whether it's in a school setting or yeah. just any anybody in yeah. any situation. Um, those kinds of things, um, relate. Um, but you do work in a school environment. And so Mm -hmm. there, um, so you mentioned licensed professional counselors. Sometimes those are in private practice. Mm -hmm. What is, what do you feel like is the main difference between what a private practice counselor would do and what a school counselor does? Uh, I think if you can think of it, the difference between like a school nurse and maybe a doctor. So the school nurse is going to triage the situation. She's going to, he or she's going to look at it and say, okay, I I think this might be the person you need to go to. So it's a quick assessment um, and then send it to the person who can do long-term care. 
And that's what a school counselor does. They look at the situation with the student and they can put in some small interventions Mm -hmm. and that might work just like a school nurse can sometimes peppermints cure it, you know, Um, and the school counselor can do small things. They cannot do ongoing therapy. You know, TEA, the Texas Education Agency, um, says, you know, we don't provide therapy in schools because that's a family decision, right? Mm -hmm. So we do counseling, and it's just giving them tips. So what are some stress-relieving tips? I I can tell you're going through some stress. So we look at what we call solution-focused counseling. What's the problem? Can we come up with the solution? And a lot of things can be fixed like that. Problem, solution, you know, and we work on problem solving. But some things are deeper and they can't be fixed with just Mm -hmm. find a solution. It's just, it's more complex than that. And so that's when the counselor would be that bridge to an outside counselor. The school counselor would be. And, you know, pointing that family in the right direction. Um, So in school counselors also help the needs. So if we kind of think of what are basic human needs food, um, you know, and shelter sometimes, and even electricity. And so school counselors are constantly finding out what's in the community and connecting their families to that. So family, most of the time, the first place they call is a school. Mm-hmm. Hey, I need help. Because they don't know where else to go, right, right. especially if they don't have connections. They're A lot of people, you know, we're seeing more and more people move in. They might not have family, so they call and say, I need help. Where do I go? Yeah. And so our counselors have a list of places let let me help you let me get you connected in the community to someone who can help you further Hmm. okay so you mentioned some tips um that and that's kind of what um the counselors will do and so what we want to do in our next segment is we'll talk a little bit about what some of those tips are and so anybody who's listening these are going to be really helpful tips for them but particularly they're going to be helpful for those families with children um, in school and kind of dealing with some of the dilemmas that they have um, right now but we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a little bit this is Lone Star Radio 104.5 and 106.1 this is the extension hour where we talk about our people our programs and our partnerships and I love the people and the programs and the partnerships that we have with Conroe ISD. Um, But we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Family and community health programs provide science-based education designed to improve the overall health and wellness of individuals, families, and communities. Developed by experts and delivered locally. Topics include child and adult health, nutrition, child care, financial management, passenger and community safety, and building strong families. All encouraging lifelong health and well-being for every person, every family, and every community. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today? The sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted. Core Love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti, Honduras, and India. We bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water, proper food, health care, 
education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org. That's C-O-R-E-L-U-V.org. Will you help defend the orphan? Hey, guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. And welcome back to the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Ressler and I've got Kelly Locke with me and we're talking about dealing with dilemmas because there's just like lots of dilemmas happening now. So, I mean, we say that they're happening now because like we said, we're in, we're in some really unusual times. Mm-hmm. But even besides that, there's still... A lot of anxiety that just happens in everyday life. So whether you're in um, uncertainty or, um, you know, I guess for some people, even monotony could be a little bit of an anxiety producer. And um, so Behavioral Health and Suicide Prevention Task Force is um, an organization that's available here in the county, and it's addressing a lot of different um, aspects of behavioral health and suicide prevention. Mm -hmm. And that's one resource that's available. But what we've been talking about here is with it within Conroe ISD and actually probably every ISD has some type of um, mental health program and counseling programs and that yeah. those kinds of things. Um, but just, you know, dealing with the, the uncertainties and the dilemmas just, um, yeah. So some, some, sometimes life can be overwhelming. It can. And uh, <laughs> having, you know, having small children. I, so I just, I spent the week with my grandkids um, this past week. And there were, I love them. I love them. But there were some, sometimes that it, I could just see, oh my goodness, how, you know, I guess after I got away from when my kids are growing up, I kind of forgot about some of it. But, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's just, you're doing the best you can, mm-hmm. but nothing that you offer that five-year-old is going to make her happy at this yeah. moment. And then that's just, it can be really stressful and um, anxiety. So um, just being being a parent can be stressful yeah. and create some anxiety. So you've got some tips for helping yeah. um, families deal with those types of dilemmas. I do because I get it. I have a four and a seven-year-old. Mm. Um, and so going through this whole time and, you know, trying to juggle work and kids and, you know, all of it, it it's up and down with um, stressors. So I get that. So really when we're facing anything, but especially right now with um, school questions and things and just even just being around in the community and things being different I think the first thing is we just keep talking about like grace and giving grace to other people um, is kind of that first step when we have a setback and looking at other people um, and realizing that everyone has had a different experience in this time even if you're in the same household you know you Mm -hmm. see it some kids were disappointed in you know not going to school after um spring break other people other kids were loving it Woo-hoo! i know they're <laughs> like what i love this online learning you know yeah. that's where um i have one my seven-year-old is social mm. and she was like i don't need to go to school to learn i need to go to school to see my friends you know yeah, that was yeah. what hit her hard um and that was her driving force in it and so some are disappointed some had fun some are grieving 
they've gone through a loss. What it could be small, it could be big. We grieve any loss. It's it's just when we anticipated something to happen and it doesn't go that way. Mm-hmm. So whether it was for our family, it was a music program. And I know that sounds silly, but I literally <laughs> cried the day it was supposed Aww. to happen. Yeah. Um, because of this idea that I had with the music teacher, I just wanted my daughter to experience that mm-hmm. um, with an amazing music teacher. And so that was a grieving process for me. And, and I'm thinking, too, how things are now. Like just what makes this kind of so unusual is that we plan something and then it changes. Yes. And then we plan something and then it changes. And then we plan something and then it changes again. And so that anxiety kind of gets compounded. So maybe what didn't seem like a big deal to begin with actually becomes much, much bigger. And I'm a planner. I'm a long-term planner. And so I'm like, wait a second, but we said this, but now, um, so really just how do we deal with that? And so uh, really avoiding the mine is worse mentality. Mm. And I've kind of seen that with people going, oh, your experience wasn't as bad as mine. And when we do that, we um, go down this rabbit hole of negativity. And it's been proven um, neuroscientists are kind of getting into the you know mental health world and mm-hmm. connecting that. And they've seen, like, so a negative thought, like, causes a reaction in your brain that is very dark you know and it's kind of funny when you look at the brain scans and you have those negative thoughts you can see the difference in a positive and a Mm -hmm. negative thought and eventually too much negativity grows you know um and it's your brain works on survival of the busiest Mm -hmm. (laughs) so whatever you think on the most will stay whatever you think on the least so when we get stuck in negativity I wanted to do this and it's not happening you know I can't go you know, do things the way I want, that negativity grows and it clouds our view. We can't see the positives. So reminding yourself of what is a good thing. And so we joked, um, I was joking with a friend that I needed to do something kind of like, thank you, COVID. Like, Uh thank you, COVID for, and because we were laughing Mm -hmm. about it, because there are some good things. Like, thank you, COVID for curbside at almost every business. So a mother with young kids, I don't have to get them out. It's very nice. Went to Target the other day. Um, You know, so there are some things that have changed that are good. Mm-hmm. So where are focus on the good? What's the good in this? Even when things are going bad. Um, and then also watching that you don't make people feel bad about their experience because that's just going to spread your negativity. You know, it's in you and the negativity will grow. And um, I've kind of seen that people shaming each other mm-hmm. for their experiences um, or their belief systems, you know, and we don't know where that other person's coming from. So we don't know what's going on in their life. We might be so upset with them and make a rude comment to them and spread that negativity and it not be the case at all. We we could be wrong at times. <laughs> That's the shocker, but it could be. <laughs> what? Um, and I was just thinking too, okay, so you're saying, you know, you don't know their experience, you know, what they've been through. Um, so sometimes some of the most intense stress, I think, comes from within a family. Yes. And uh-huh. so, like, we make assumptions that because we've been with them all this time or we're related to them, that we're family, that we do know something about what they've mm-hmm. gone through. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you really do know. I mean, right. you haven't been in, in, in their head. So, and what you just mentioned, wait, children, um, you could have two children, same parents, same family, same upbringing, and they're going to react to things differently. So even though you've been there with them and you know them doesn't necessarily mean that 
you really know how they're reacting or what they're feeling or what they're experiencing. Yeah. And there are some kids that just hold it inside, you know, and so we look at them and they look like they're smiling because they're the pleasers, Mm -hmm. you know, the pleasers Mm -hmm. don't ever want to disappoint. So they won't really tell. So if you don't sit down and ask specific questions, how are you feeling about this? Let's talk about it. What are some of the good, bad? We do this thing at dinner called highs and lows. Mm -hmm. So what was the high of your day and what was the low? Um, and sometimes I, I know that there had to be lows, but when you're sitting there, you're like, I don't know. I can't think of one. <laughs> or sometimes when you've yeah. had a really stressful day, you're like, okay, what was my high? And it makes you like forces you to stop and think about something mm-hmm. positive instead of just thinking of the negative. Well, this happened. Well, that happened. Mm-hmm. So, and you say kids, yeah, but this applies to adults well, as well. It's Very funny because so. yeah. everything that I talk about, I test on my children. I'm like, they're, they're kind of lab rats. Yeah. But really what I've noticed is what it does for me mm-hmm. and it, probably more so for me than even them. Um, and talking about it because Kids can forget things pretty fast, you know, mm-hmm. but adults, we've got a lot of stuff we're carrying and we hold on to things longer than kids do. And so it it just, anything you're going to do with your kids is going to benefit you too. And it, it's the same practices. They might mm-hmm. look slightly different, um, but really it, it's the same kind mm-hmm. of thing for kids and adults. And so when we're talking about parents and what they can do for their kids, at the same time, it's really important that parents take care of themselves yes. as well because... Um, parents spend a lot of time trying to help the kids make sure everything's good and like it just I'm not gonna you know we put ourselves last often um, because it's our responsibility to take care of our kids and then we don't um, like you said I mean sometimes it it helps when you're helping your kids but then you also have to come back and look at what does this mean for me as a full-grown adult and um, my adult relationships and responsibilities and that kind of thing and how do I handle that yeah and we can't tell our kids to act one way and then we act a different Mm. way because they are going to watch you and they're going to do what you do and not what you say. And if you say, you know, you've got to do all of these things, be positive. And and then you're not doing that. It's kind of like, wait, what? You know, they'll catch you on it. Mm -hmm. And really, if we're looking at stress and there's stress can be categorized in three different ways. And it's, we've got positive stress. Everybody's got it. It drives us to do better, right? It's, it's a good thing. We need, we need some yeah, stress. I mean, if we don't have any stress, we don't ever leave the couch. I, mean, I know. We don't do anything. Yeah, we yeah. would. Um, and it's temporary, you know, and then you've got this tolerable stress mm. that kind of hangs out and, and it can be more severe, like what we're, maybe what we're dealing with now. And then there's toxic stress and toxic stress, um, is where trauma comes in and that can actually have lifelong consequences of health issues if it's not dealt with you know heart disease and learning difficulties and anxiety and depression even cancer but the thing the one difference between tolerable and toxic stress for a child is the presence of a buffering adult so we have to buffer our kids from the stress of life you know they don't need to know all the stress there's Mm -hmm. you know but what I hear all too often is young kids who know way too much about the situation or they overhear too much or that you know or they're talked to about stuff that they're not ready to deal with so you know we have to take care of ourselves so we can be that buffering adult because for me when I realize that oops maybe I said something in front of my kids that I sh- you know shouldn't talk about that topic it's when I'm stressed mm. when I'm calm and you know relaxed it doesn't happen but when I'm stressed I realize like I don't always set the best boundaries 
Um, So we have to take care of ourselves, deal with our stress, so we can be that buffer for kids. And even in this world that they're going through, they can come out of it if we can be the buffer for them. Right. And you were talking about, thank you, COVID. (laughs) I mean, looking for kind of the silver lining in what's happening. Um, So if if kids can learn good coping skills Mm -hmm. through world pandemic, you know, whenever they become adults, they're going to be able to handle some of those adult situations well, because they've developed those coping skills um, as young people. Yeah, exactly. It's it's resiliency. So mm. what we see right now is those kids who have never had to face a tough situation. So maybe we step in as parents, right? Because mm. I don't want my baby to have to deal with that. So I step right. in and I deal with it. Well, eventually they're going to have tough situations. And a lot of times we see it when they go off to college and then I can't buffer it anymore for them Mm -hmm. as a parent. And that's when they hit depression. The anxiety kicks up and they're going, wait, I've never dealt with this before. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because we've been the lawnmower parent, right? That's what the new term is. Um, Used to be the helicopter parent and now it's a lawnmower where we took care of every issue that they might have faced because we never want them to be sad or be experience a setback we fix it all for them Mm -hmm. um but then they don't know how to deal with those they can't learn just by watching us it's kind of like in the kitchen you can't learn to cook just by sitting there watching someone you have to get in you gotta get burned a few times to realize (laughs) don't touch the pan right 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 um and so we can't just and you can't just read a recipe to your kids and they just know how to cook so we can't just tell them we can't just say watch me handle this situation they have to do it when there's a safety net at home. So they are going to make mistakes, but then we are that safety net to say, what did you learn from this? How could you do it differently in the future? And then when, as they get older, they need less of us to be their coach in that, their life mm-hmm. coach, I guess right, you could right. say. And then they start building up that inner self-talk. Right. And then they can do it on their own. And sometimes it's hard for parents to just oh, it's step totally back hard. You don't oh want my them gosh. to see them go through anything. You don't. It's sometimes crushing. You just have to let them experience those heartbreaks and hard times. Yeah, it's really hard <laughs> to sit back and go because you know how to do it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I I see it at the end of this road. I I know how to put you on the right path, but how did I learn? Mm-hmm. Well, I experienced right. it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to give those same opportunities to my girls. Sure. And a lot of times as parents will say, oh, those kids, they just don't listen. Yeah. It, and it's not necessarily that they don't listen, but they do need to go through that path on their own so that they can, they can learn. Yeah. Okay. So we've got some great tips that we are going over um, dealing with dilemmas. And as, like I said, this is, works really well for right now with the uncertainty with school and everything, but also it's just good, good advice for for life. Um, but we're going to take another break. Okay. And we'll come back and we'll, because uh, we've got lots more tips to, to give um, here on the Extension Hour where we talk about our people, our programs, and our partnerships. We're on Lone Star Radio 104.5, 106.1. We're here on Fridays, 1 to 2 p.m. And the other cool thing about this uh, radio program is that it's podcast, so people can go back and listen. Um, so if they um, kind of, if they wonder now, what was it that Kelly said about that? What were those tips? You can definitely go back and and check that out and hear everything that she is saying because you're giving some really great advice. All right, so we're going to take a break and we'll come back with more great um, tips for dealing with dilemmas with Kelly Locke. You're going to need me. 
You're going to need us. All of us. You're going to need our help with your water, your air, your food. You're going to need our determination, our compassion. You're going to need the next generation of leaders to face the challenges the future will bring. And we promise we'll be there when you need us. Today, 4-H is growing the next generation of leaders. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936-709-7671. Welcome back to the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Ressler. I've got Kelly Locke with me. We're talking about dealing with dilemmas. Um, before we get too far into it, though, I want to mention um, about our 4-H program. So um, it's part of, um, it's for kids in third grade through 12th grade. So it's a great supplement to what kids are doing in 4-H. Um, it, it's lots of opportunities to learn. Um responsibility and community service and leadership. And all of those things um, help build a child's confidence, um, which can help them deal with some of those things that we're talking about. So just life decisions, life skills um, that they can um, just help them deal with. So 4-H is looking a little bit different now, just like everything else in the world right now. But um, we still have a 4-H program. There's still um, 4-H clubs that are meeting. Uh, you know, some of their, most of their meetings are virtual, but um, still things that eventually will get, will settle into something that's a little different. Um, you know, people keep saying the new normal, and I heard somebody the other day go, I'm just tired of hearing the new normal. And, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's new, is it really normal? I mean, or is, and, and what, what is normal anyway? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we could have a whole philosophical conversation we about could. that. <laughs> um, but anyway, if you're interested in the 4-H program, definitely you can check us out. Um, Montgomery County 4-H has a Facebook page, has a website. Um, you can call our office, um, 936-539-7825, um, or, you know, come by, see us, wear a mask when you're there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so anyway. That's my plug for 4-H because it's a big part of what we do. Oh, I in, love 4-H. Um, I was in the Montgomery County 4-H uh, growing up. Yes, yes. I did the baking at the Montgomery County Fair mm -hmm. and uh, talk about learning some things because yeah. I'd have to get the recipe. You know, it was my favorite thing was cheesecake brownies and yeah. I perfected that recipe. <laughs> nice. I haven't made it in a while, but um, I love 4-H. Yeah. yeah. Well, and what you, you just mentioned, you know, cooking and in the kitchen and learning. And um, so we were kind of talking during the break and how that relates to 
learning things. So learning about how to deal with life. And so we wanted, we could go bake the cake for our kids, but they need to learn how to bake their metaphorical cake on their own because they're going to have to do it on their own. So, um, you know, when we're baking, there's things that we can control, right? So we can control the, we can set the temperature on the oven, and that's given that the oven is the is is calibrated correctly. So there could be <laughs> some things that go wrong. Mm. Um, and you know, you have the you you can you can have exact measurements or you can kind of estimate. But I'm just that's my segue into there's things that we can control and things that we can't control. So let's talk about um, mental health and thinking about things that you can control. Yeah, because sometimes we can go down a path of just you know anger and frustration over things that we can't control Mm -hmm. and so nothing that you do is going to change that Um, and you can spend your life angry and miserable or it's moving towards acceptance acceptance isn't saying it's okay it's just okay I'm going to accept what it is we're talking about the new normal Mm -hmm. and normal is just what we're comfortable with right so all this means is I'm uncomfortable right now because there's something happening I can't control and that hits like deep with people because they they want control of things it, it can be scary when we don't feel like we have control um and so really looking at what are the things in our world that we can control and we have to say um if we can't control it how do we move towards acceptance um and so things you can control your attitude mm-hmm. your actions your behavior what you eat yeah yeah <laughs> who you follow Um, And that can be taken in lots of different ways, who you follow on social media, but just who also do you look to. So lots of ways for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then going with the social media, unfollow. If we're getting upset with people's social media posts, there is the power of unfollow. Or even in cell phones, there is a power to block if it's not good, you know. Um, How I speak to myself. So that self-talk is so important. You know, we are in control of that. Sometimes it feels out of control. The boundaries that I set, sometimes things are coming into our life and they're stressing us and it's because of boundaries we've set or haven't set, you know, Um, and then how I react. So those are the things we can control. But beyond that, we, we can't. We can't control another person's reaction. We can only control what, how we act in a situation, um, and, and so if we spend so much time being angry about that, our stress level is going to go through the roof. If I only focus on, well, I'm angry because this didn't go my way and I want it to go my way and you don't have the power to change it, you are wasting a whole lot of emotional energy. Um, and so one of my good friends, I watched her the other day and I was in awe. I'm like, I want to be like you when I grow up. Um, Because she got a phone call and it was a disappointing situation. Mm. And she sat down and just said, is this something that I can control? And she kind of was quiet to herself and she's like, it's not. So I'm going to focus on what I can control. And I was like, that's amazing. I got to remember that, you know, Um, because she just didn't use up that energy. And then she can turn that energy to her job, to her kids, and put it in a positive way versus spending so much time, oh, I'm so angry, calling 10 people that, can you believe so-and-so did, you know? And it's just, it's wasted time. Right. Um, so, you know, focus on what you can control. And if you can't, you have to move towards letting it go. That's going to take some work. <laughs> it does take some work. You know? Yeah, it's easy to say, but it's really very difficult to do. Yeah. 
So yes. what do you do with the stress that comes and the things you can't control? Mm-hmm. So there are things you can talk to someone wise. You got to have those people who are going to speak wisdom into your life. It's not always going to be what you want to hear. Mm. And you've got to have those people. It's not a gripe session. It's not someone to come in and go, oh, you know, you're right. That is horrible. That's not going to be productive. It's the person who's going to be able to look objectively and speak wisdom into whatever is happening. Um, And then maybe show you some things you haven't seen. Because one thing I always like to tell people, heightened emotion and rational thinking cannot exist in the brain at the same mm. time. It doesn't matter what that emotion is. So if you think about it, people don't make very good decisions when they're angry, but they also don't make very good decisions when they're in love. Right, right. right. It's, it's a heightened emotion. We <laughs> yeah. make, sometimes teenagers don't make those decisions when it's love and you're blinded. So if the emotion is high, then you're not going to make a rational decision. It's your judgment is clouded. And so we need that wise person to say, well, you're not looking at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got tunnel vision right now. Um, so talk to someone wise. Build community, wherever that community is. If it's at work, if it is in your neighborhood, um, if it's just anywhere that you can find community, who are your people, um, to say you're not alone. And that helps recharge your batteries. Um And it's going to look different right now. I mean, I've had to do Zooms with my girlfriends. We've had to do a couple of them. We're like, hey, everyone, let's meet 6 o'clock. And we all brought our dinner. And, you know, and we found ways to have community, Mm -hmm. even though we're distant or even though we can't get together. So what are some things that you can do Um, instead of saying, well, I can't see any of my friends right now because, you know, COVID's going on. Right, what right. what can you? It's always what can you do? Um, read or watch something new. So looking at things, um, if scrolling through social media, it's funny because the research <laughs> has said we we do have a tendency to go to social media when our stress is high as like a checkout. But they've done study after study, and it, you're actually less happy after going through social media than you are before. And sometimes we're like, this is going to make me happy. I'm just going to de-stress right now. It's like, well, no. Then FOMO, the fear of missing out, kicks Mm -hmm. up. And then you're like, well, how do they have this? And I don't. It's like, Mm -hmm. so do we need to get off social media? And do we need something that's inspirational? So I always say, like, have your your things set. Like, have your videos that just make you feel good or make you laugh. Um, I love pictures of animals doing human things. Yeah. I will laugh so hard I cry. And so sometimes my husband will just send those to me and he, <laughs> if he knows I'm having a hard day. Yeah. Or the other day I saw a video of two grown men doing, um, they did a video where they're lip syncing to um, Grease. You're the one that I want. Yeah, and yeah. I cracked up laughing. <laughs> and in that moment, my stress went away. Like I could, my shoulders softened and I just laughed. And there's so much you know, laughter is good medicine, right? right? You Releases know? endorphins, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. So do you need to be empowered to push through? Do you need to just laugh and take a break? Mm. Um, so we sometimes just need to change what we're looking at. Um, yeah, know. and just not to get too far off no. the uh, track here, but um, so we've been talking about things change and we kind of grieve the loss of what we expected was going to happen. And so... Grief and laughter may seem like they're opposites, but they can exist in the same place. Like 
sometimes we judge people based on how we think that they're supposed to respond to grief. Mm -hmm. So like there's a world pandemic going on and I can't be happy or I shouldn't be happy because there's people dying or, you know, whatever it, whatever it is, there's usually something that, you know, we're afraid to be happy. Um, but Focusing on something, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being happy or laughing, even when you're grieving. Exactly. So one of my assignments in grad school was to research, you know, a part of your culture. Mm -hmm. So you had to pick one um, kind of, I'm Irish, so I picked Irish of looking at all the um, different ethnicities and things I have. Um, And I researched what is it that's typical of an Irish family? Mm-hmm. And I noticed some things. And one of them was you make jokes in tough times. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's why my family does this. this is, <laughs> that I mean, explains a yeah, lot. <laughs> because when things get really tough and they're hard, mm-hmm. someone in my family will crack a joke. And we it's just kind of that break. And other people are like, how could you be that insensitive? How could mm-hmm. you make a joke at this time? And it's like we kind of have this unspoken rule. I, I need that. Mm-hmm. I need a little bit of a break. You know, we try to do that so I thought oh that's because that's my heritage I mean that that Irish so mm-hmm. um it's kind of interesting to see why we do what we do and and that is one thing is it just gives you a break it doesn't mm-hmm. take away what's happening but for that second you can laugh and then go back to facing it because right. you're gonna have to but you just give yourself a break for sure. a minute and that's the yeah. next one is yep. to take a break there you go <laughs> and you know um, schedule some time in for a break. We were talking about what you could do for yourself, mm-hmm. and there's all of these analogies. Put your mask on first before you help other people, right? The right. same thing as when you're flying. So how do you recharge on the weekends? And giving yourself that grace that if this weekend I just need to sit and watch a movie, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And if I need to just kind of sit here and let my kids pick the movies, a Saturday watching movies it's not going to ruin them for the rest of their life, even if it's a little more television time than you would normally allow. Right. Um, but sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need to just turn our phones off and and say, I'm just going to take a break, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but you've got to do that or you won't recharge. And you'll just keep trying to fill other people's cups from an empty well. Yeah. Um, so... Thinking about things differently, too, there was uh, when we were talking about, you know, taking a break and laughing and and that kind of thing. Um, Also, I think when things bother us, thinking about what it is about that that bothers us, um, kind of really evaluating um, sort of the root of the problem. And sometimes the problem is really not the problem. There's another problem kind of behind that problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's so much deeper. It's I always do this thing. It's called the masks of anger Mm -hmm. because anger is what we put out to the world, but it's never what we're feeling inside when we're angry. There's Mm -hmm. a reason for that. Um, You know, I might get angry if someone cuts me off, but it's really not the act of cutting me off on the road. It's the fear that it produces of... If I'm in an accident, I have my children in the car. You know, there's so much deeper behind it. And we don't take the time to dig deeper. And sometimes we're not honest enough with ourselves to go there. You know, we don't right. want to go there. But it's it's self-reflection. And you have to know your triggers. So I know I have certain triggers. And why is that a trigger for me? Um, because if not, people can just keep pushing your buttons. Mm-hmm. And what can I control? My reaction to that. So why does it get me so bothered? Why is that a trigger for me? Um, and then, yeah, that's you have to analyze that and say, is that really what's happening? 
Right. So we can't control that there's a pandemic. We can't control that we don't know exactly what's going to happen with school and when it's going to start and how it's going to look. But we can control how we react to it and and the way that we um, perceive that and how we perceive that it affects us as individuals and as families. And how we are showing that to our kids. Mm. We talked about being the buffer. So the kids are looking to us. And so if I'm going... I don't like this situation. I wanted to start back to school. I wanted this. I wanted that. The kid is going to take that. Or if we're going, oh, I I don't know if you can go back to school. I I don't know. Then the kid's going to go, well, I don't know. Am I safe? Mm -hmm. You know, so we have to buffer that for our kids and then just go, it is what it is. We're going to face it together and Mm -hmm. we can do we can make it through anything together is what you kind of have to teach your kids. And what I was just thinking about when you were talking about those reactions, I, um, so my grandson is two years old and he's, um, he, he walks really well. He runs really well. (laughs) Um, but you know, when you think about little kids, when they, when they are learning to walk or learning to run, um, when they trip and they fall, you can react and go, Oh my gosh, are you okay? And that makes them react like, I don't know, am I okay? Maybe I'm hurt. And then they right. start crying, right? Or you say, get up, you're okay. Brush it and off. I'm okay. <laughs> it's exactly, it's what mm. message are you telling them? And some kids stop and look before a reaction. Mm, yeah. And they're like, wait a second, tell what me how I'm do? supposed to feel right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they're doing. They're looking to us for that reaction. How am I supposed to feel right now? You know, what What am I supposed to do with this, mom or dad? You know, um, am I supposed to be angry? Okay, you're angry, so I, I, I'm angry. Or am I supposed mm-hmm. to be scared? Um, and so it's just kind of we can have those reactions behind closed doors and we can go, ah, with whatever mm-hmm. we're feeling. But to them, we have to say we can do this. We can get through it together. And sometimes that means when something happens, I have to go for a run. Running is my thing. Um, And it's hard right now because it's Texas and it's hot. Mm -hmm. So summer's hard for me to run. I'm missing it. But um, once I go on a run, it could be a walk. Whatever it is, there's so much benefit you're getting from that. But it's like I come back with a whole new mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes it's just getting away. And with kids, sometimes I one rides in the stroller and the other one's riding her bike and we go together and they don't know what I'm working through in my head. Mm -hmm. And then I come back and I'm like, okay, mommy's ready. But the science behind that is 20 minutes of aerobic exercise will reduce anxiety for four to six hours. Oh, wow. So you're feeling good. You've got all of the cardiovascular benefits of that, like walking just, you know, you've got um, getting your heart rate up, running is the same thing. But that anxiety, it's just going to give you. And so if it's in the evening, I mean, that'll take you all the way to bedtime, you know, as a parent. um, But then there's also... The science behind the color green has been proven to reduce blood pressure. Mm. So when you're getting out and you're looking at trees, Mm -hmm. that's reducing blood pressure. So all of those things that what can you do? And that might have been why some people in the beginning were feeling really good. Because if you look, how many people were out on walks? Yeah, and when yeah. we went out in the neighborhood, everybody's out on a walk in the You're evening. Talking about like the beginning of when yeah, things kind of started shutting down. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So people were feeling good. Mm-hmm. And then it's like as it drags on. I know for me, I was running every day. Mm-hmm. And then as we got into it, it's like, oh, I'm going to take today off. And then now it's been a while because mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, the heat. And I come up with all these excuses sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not getting those same benefits as I got before. So mm-hmm. I can notice, oh, my anxiety's going up. I need to do something about yeah. this. So kind of that self-check um, and then making, when you feel it, 
addressing it, mm-hmm. not just letting it go. So, um, so while we're on this, I, yeah. I just want to keep rolling and um, talk about this just a little bit more sure. um, because we're talking about um, the children looking to mom and dad. How how should I feel? Um, and that's assuming that mom or dad parents have have a good understanding of how they feel and kind of why they do mm-hmm. what they do. But um, sometimes not every parent, there's, parenting doesn't come with a handbook. You don't have <laughs> to get a not. license to get, you know, you just become a parent and sometimes, honestly, before you're ready. And, um, Are you and some ever of the, ready? Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good point. And then some of the experiences that you have. So a lot of people will say, well, I was raised this way. Mm-hmm. And so... I, that so this is just how things are done, even if I don't like it or if I don't feel like it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking too, it's unhealthy relationships and abusive relationships. Sometimes those are perpetuated. People don't like it, but they continue to do it because that's what they experienced, and they think and that that's the way they're expect. supposed to. Yeah, it's scary. There's fear in the unknown, and so a lot of times we'll stay in it, even if it's not so great for us. Because mm-hmm. what is making a change going to be. I I know I can survive this, but can I survive a change, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, uh, yeah, that's true. So do you have some tips for families or parents or people just looking for ways to change that mindset, look at things a different way? Yeah, that one is... It is deep. Yeah, Sorry. that one is deep. <laughs> so last last five minutes here, I just said you just go really deep. Sorry. Um, about that. No, 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 no. It's fine. A lot of it is just starting to ask the why. Um, and one thing my dad taught me is it's six whys. So sometimes it's just even in myself. Why did I react that way? And then going, okay, why? And trying to step it back mm-hmm. just very slowly. And then recognizing, like, if you get to four whys and you're like, I, I, I'm not sure that I want to go there, mm-hmm. then you're like, huh, maybe there's something there that it, I, I need to work on. I need to go. And it's not, we all have something we need to work on, but it's going back to that wise person. Maybe it's a wise person. Maybe it's a counselor. Like, hey, help me. You know, there's something here. Um, so really, it's the first thing is being aware of it. Self-awareness, it's not mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. Um, being aware that something needs to change um, and then saying, okay, w- what do I do to change it? And then making a plan for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to break what you've known, what you've been raised in, um, mm-hmm. because this is what I know. So really, it's stopping and taking the time to evaluate, okay, this is how it's always been. Do I want to continue with it this way? You know, do I want my kids to experience what I experienced? Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, then you have to make the hard decision to change. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's one thing that we can say, the, a great tip for today is ask for help. It's yes. okay to ask it for help. Okay. Everybody yeah. needs a little bit of help. Yeah, I need to yeah. remind myself of that because yeah. I have such a hard time asking for help. Like, yeah. I, I'd I'm like super to give help, yeah. but and then sometimes for me, I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm a professional in this business. Should mm-hmm. I ask for help? But one thing I was taught in grad school is that every good therapist has their own therapist mm. because you need someone to help carry the weight for you, and everybody does, right? 
You need someone to help process it and carry that weight. And so you're really not supposed to, you know, continue unless you have someone who's helping you. And so um, sometimes we look to people and, you know, we say, oh, gosh, you know, I wish I was like Amy. She's so strong and she can carry it. But we don't see is who you've got carrying your weight because mm-hmm. um, it's kind of that invisible thing. And so it's okay to ask for help. And it's actually stronger like you're a stronger person when you ask for help than when you carry it on your own because that's harder than just carrying this asking for help is harder so it takes a stronger person so when you're looking like I'm strong I can handle this no you're strong and you can reach out when you need help it's it's like enlightenment you turn on the light (laughs) you can't you can't see things in the dark but if you put some light on it you can see it and then you can do something with it you can fix it you can deal with it and move on be stronger and, and better for it. Yeah, and yeah. it's always going to be better on the other side. It's not going to be comfortable working through things, you know, our stuff that we've right. um, grown up with, but it's always going to be better on the other side. And it's kind of like what a diamond goes through. You know, it's not a very good process sure. when you, uh, the process of a diamond, but something beautiful comes mm-hmm. of it, you know. And same thing with the process of making tea. Tea starts as a leaf. You know, it gets dropped in hot water. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable, doesn't like it, but then a beautiful thing comes out of it. Um, and so that's kind of what you can think about with all of this growth. And um, it's, it's going to be difficult in the moment, but yeah. something beautiful will come out of it. Well, Kelly, you've just provided so much great insight and turned on a lot of lights <laughs> here. Um, and just some really great tips for, for families and just for people dealing with dilemma. So whether it has to do with the pandemic or um, anything else. And so as we mentioned too, one of the best things you can do is just ask for help. And there's lots of opportunities out there um, for help. And that's um, actually in a future show, we're going to talk about the Behavioral Health and Suicide Prevention Task Force, um, which is a great source for um, help. Um, But we're going to have to uh, bring this discussion to a close. Yeah. You've provided so much oh. great information. Thank you so much for yeah. being here. Well, thanks for having me. And one thing is if your kids are enrolled in a school, mm-hmm. they have a school counselor. So if you don't know where else to go, contact your child's school counselor and they can get you connected, whatever yeah. district they might be in. It's the same in all. Sounds great. And you can always call the Extension Office because we're here to help. We're all about helping Texans make their lives better. Um, And this is the Extension Hour where we talk about our people, our programs, and our partnerships. And we've had a great conversation today with Kelly Locke, mental health specialist with Conroe ISD. Thanks so much for being here. And we'll see everybody again next time. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936 666 1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.